halashing for halas? Want to braai or fine dine? Stay tuned to High FM on 101.9 Tuesday mornings from 11am for Essen Fresen where it's all about the food. Good morning and welcome on this Tuesday morning. It's Adrian Bugatti on the Essen Fresen show and of course Sharon Lurie with me today. Hello everybody. <laughs> hey. And we are actually talking something very important for the beginning of the year. I don't know about you. It's hot. It's raining. Load shedding is back. School is back. So thankfully you and I aren't there yet, but your grandchildren yeah, are there, yeah. so you know about <laughs> it again. And all the schlepping and everything. Who has time to cook? I mean, your elaborate meals, your beautiful roasts, all those things. It, it's a madness. So this week, Sharon and I are talking about recipes that take less than an hour from start to finish. We want supper ready on the table in an hour. Shaw, what ideas did you come across for that? Okay, so for me, one of the most important things to have is to have as many homemade sauces oh, absolutely. <coughs> as possible. And it just makes life so much easier. Mm. Last week, actually, Dolores echoed my sentiments in saying that she, she has sauces and jars that can be used on salad dressings mm. Or on something like chicken or fish or whatever. And so I always, you come to my fridge, you open my fridge, you always see peri-peri sauce, which I like. I make my own homemade peri-peri. Oh. Peri-peri. <laughs> because I just prefer it. Well, now I'm now growing, my son is now growing peri, the African chilies, so yes. I'm going to give it a bash. You've got to. You've got to. Uh, because there's actually nothing worse than fiddling with one or two little little uh, chilies yeah. when you're no. in a hurry. And worse than that is garlic. Yes. So I, I make sure that I have the, the peri-peri in a jar. I cook it with a little bit of uh, garlic as well, a little bit of onion, and cover it with oil. Fried all up, cover it with a little bit more oil, uh, blend it all together, mm. and turn it over. Remember in the old days, we used yeah. to, the fish paste, we used yes. to turn it over every now and then. But the garlic, you don't really have to turn over. And I make about four heads of garlic and I just blitz that all together. So I've always got the garlic there. I always have monkey gland sauce. Okay, that's yeah. in my. Was it in one your first book? book. Yeah, yes, I, I remember. I think okay. I've got it in my cupboard. It's just, in my fridge. Sorry. It's a standard. It goes yeah. with everything. I mean, everybody, they Absolutely. sit down. Bourbois rolls, where's the monkey gland? Hot dogs, where's the monkey gland? Prager, where's the monkey gland? Everybody wants Marinate, monkey Marinade, where's yeah. the monkey gland? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then, of course, I always have a Neapolitan sauce. Mm. Have to have Neapolitan sauce. I buy a case of those jam tomatoes yes. when they go on special. Mm. But I like to roast them. Ooh. Yeah, it just takes the taste to a different level. I sprinkle brown sugar on top. I roast it with onions. I roast it with a bit of garlic. And um, and then I put, I just, what's his name? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> fiddling with the microphone here. And then I just, I roast it all up and then I, Blitz the whole lot together. Yeah. You can take the skins off if you want, because by then they, they should come off. And then I pack them into Ziploc bags. Yeah. I keep one in a jar in the fridge, because I use that for bolognese, or if the kids come and they want pizzas or whatever. Anything. Or tomato soup. Wonderful mm. in tomato soup. So, and the rest of the stuff I, I keep for lasagnas and things like that. Arbiata, add a bit of the chili from your chili sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I just 
pack them into flat Ziploc bags. Yeah, and the tomato sauces, the Neapolitan sauces, they freeze beautifully. beautifully. I've got like, I don't know how, uh, mushroom sauce as well I've got in my freezer. Mushroom I've got milkic ones and power ones like marked so that some are dairy free. And I've got ones that are marked Israel because, you know, depending on who I'm cooking for, I got to know what I'm doing. So, yeah, when we get back, I want your recipe. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Okay, so what are you making with those sauces that you've got? Like, I've got what to, quick recipes? Okay, I've got to give you a quick... Mm-hmm. Um, also, don't forget pesto. Oh, yeah. Yes. Pesto is... It, I mean, I always, also always have that in a jar. It's a, a yes. must. You're having something Italian. You're having spaghetti bolognese. Absolutely. Anything. You add your you Just pesto. add it to just pasta. I mean, I do, yeah. yeah. But you don't that's even have that you've got to keep turning as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> and that was in circles. Okay. But um, I've got a, a, a take a chance marinade, okay? This is oh, yeah. really was a take a chance. And it went down like a bomb. Everybody loved it. So I have to share this with you. It's okay. half, half a cup of olive oil, but you can actually use uh, vegetable oil. It's yeah. fine. Half a cup of brown sugar, half a cup of soy sauce, um, about a quarter of a cup of balsamic vinegar, you can use brown vinegar if you want to. Um, one teaspoon of the smoked paprika powder. Mm-hmm. And then one teaspoon of onion powder. One teaspoon of, well, a heap teaspoon of fresh garlic. And you can actually get, if, and also a, t- a teaspoon of ginger. But if you go to pick and pay, they actually have it mixed. They've got yes. them in bottles. Yes, next the to squeeze the, bottles. Yes, next so to much easier. vegetables. So I just put two tablespoons of yeah, that in. Much easier. <laughs> and uh, poured it over my steak and let it marinate overnight. And then the next day I fried it and made a beautiful steak salad. Oh. So that was that's what I did with that. Then on Friday night I have to share this wonderful chicken recipe. It was actually so easy. Um, let me see where I put it. Okay. We'll find it somewhere. <laughs> okay, so this was um, lemon. It was a lemon and rosemary chicken. Oh, but it took a lot of guts for me to do this, and I'll tell you why. For me, I can't put, <laughs> I can't put, vegan butter. I oh, know it, it's so hard. Uh, okay, into this was a chicken dish, <laughs> and I thought Sharon. They, they go mad on the on TV on the on the shows yeah. on TV. They put butter under the skin and over the skin and around yes, it to help it crisp up beautifully. Okay, mm. and I, every time I look at it, I, I actually feel like Schmaltz works fine. Uh, <laughs> I feel a little <laughs> yucky, but I decided. Okay, I've got this beautiful vegan butter this, yes. that I always speak about. So I use so for a quick meal. Yes. Okay, I took chicken breasts. Uh, I should. I used schnitzel, which made it mm. even quicker. And I cut the schnitzel into about three pieces, three or four pieces. Depends. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, know, you want them. Okay. And I took um, fresh rosemary, about a tablespoon, maybe a little bit more. Um, the barbecue smoky cape spice. Oh, cape yes, spice. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And it's the grinder. Yeah. I tell you, that works miracles. I know. <laughs> The garlic and herb one is great as well. Did you buy this chicken? No, I didn't buy the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> then I had a little bit of lemon juice afterwards for to put on afterwards because a friend mm. of mine 
an Italian guy, no, he's Greek because we're doing lamb chops, said to me, don't ever put lemon juice in when you're cooking or in the marinade. Put it on afterwards because the lemon juice dehydrates oh, okay. the meat. Anyway, oh, okay, so that's a nice because of him, I, I've always put lemon juice on afterwards. And I took a little bit of and a black ground pepper and some oil and a little bit of oregano and I mixed it in a paste. Uh, not in a paste, in, in olive oil. And I put the chicken pieces into it, let it marinate overnight. The next day I fried, took it out, mm. fried it, and I put the vegan butter in. <laughs> <laughs> well... You're still sitting here. I'm, I'm still sitting here, and <laughs> and I didn't feel sick. And um, afterwards, everybody said, "Sure, what was the difference? What, what made the difference to your chicken? You make it like this, like yes. almost every Friday night. What was the difference? It was so succulent inside." <laughs> I just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that takes a bit of getting used to. I know it's kind of frowned upon one of the things that I love to do, and, and it's not really ideal, so I generally only do it at home, is the vegan cheese and things like that, mm. so cheeseburgers. And um, I remember making ones for Purim. I stuffed the vegan cheese. I folded it with the slices. I folded it in so it was like a small square and I made my burger patties and in the center of the burger patties I put this little square of vegan cheese. Now the vegan cheese doesn't melt fantastically but when you bit into your burger there was this like oozy like almost like a gooey cheese so it wasn't melted but it was like soft and like everyone was like Wait, what is this? I said, it's Purim. Of course we're doing this. <laughs> you know, which is always nice fine. Nice idea. So, yeah. And then, with the, sorry, with the leftover mm. chicken, yeah. because I did have some. I mean, I shouldn't have had because they were all raving about it. Yeah, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it really was. In fact, somebody was there and she said, next time you have this, you're inviting me for supper again. <laughs> so I'm going to do it next time. But what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to put a little bit of the butt under the skin <laughs> and see what happens. And I'm putting the whole chicken onto oh, the beer can thing. The, the, that well, beer the can. roaster, whatever it is. Yeah, I yes. use a, that roaster. And yeah. I just, because I really want to get those chicken wings crispy and oh, everything flesh. crispy. And then what was left over, because it was the schnitzel that I used, I just put it into um, a salad some nice yeah. rocket gives a nice peppery taste yeah. and uh, some spinach baby spinach leaves and the marin the, the, the salad dressing was um, that woman what's her name Boba Shaw salad dressing oh that woman okay <laughs> you really like her salad dressing <laughs> I love it I, you know what I, I add so much to it as well when I'm doing fish I add grain to it when I'm doing oh, whatever I, I want to add <laughs> so speaking of fish do you like sardines on toast? No. No. I like fish based. <laughs> so sardines on toast is like a very divisive kind of snack meal. But I found a recipe the other day that elevates it slightly. If you don't like sardines on toast, you're still not going to eat it. However, this one literally takes you 10 minutes to make. Okay, that's it. Like for me, for a lunch, like that's perfect. So it's two slices of sourdough, and this is only for one serving. So if you've got more, just double it or triple it or whatever you need to do. But this is enough for one person. Two slices of sourdough bread. Um, I think you could probably use any bread. I do like sourdough bread. I think it would go very nicely on rye bread as well. One large garlic clove, halved. 
a one three hundred and fifty gram, uh, one thirty five gram can of sardines in olive oil. You can only get them in olive oil. Um, I know you can get pilchards in the other flavors, but sardines come in olive oil. Uh, 130 grams of cherry tomatoes, some watercress, a tablespoon of parsley chopped, half a lemon, which is more of a garnish than anything else. So you can leave that out. Now, what I like is you take the piece of garlic and you rub it on the toast instead of putting like a butter or anything. So you just rub it on the toast and you've got an instant garlic bread. Um, And then in a bowl, you're going to mix your sardines with their oil the tomatoes and the watercress and you're going to mix those all nicely season them with salt and pepper as you like them and then you're going to just split it into and half on one piece of toast and half on the other one and then you pile it nice and high and scatter with parsley now to me that just is like a you want it to look nice it's one of the french things is that just because you're eating by yourself doesn't mean your food shouldn't look appetizing and look good and they do spend a lot of time which is why there's a book called french women don't get fat and they say that is one of the reasons is because they take their eating seriously it's not slapdash it's not on the go they actually take time and sit at each meal even if you're just on your own which i really really liked about that so that was my very quick like literally a 10 minute recipe um, for lunch by yourself and I, th- I don't think it'll take much longer even if you're doing like for four people you know so if you've got sardine eaters and I'm sure you could probably plain pulchards you could probably do it with plain pulchards and just put some olive oil instead of you know if they don't come in oil I, I just don't buy that you could probably do it with tuna too hm. I don't see why not tuna and oil I think would go really really well so let's see how that goes boiled eggs <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking of a lovely sandwich I had the other day Chalashing for Chalas want to braai or fine dine this is Essen Fressen it's all about the food so we're talking quick ready to eat in a hurry meals that we don't have to slave over in the heat or in the load shedding and all that nonsense <laughs> so that nonsense yes right. so Sha what yeah. else you got um, okay, I got, made this last week actually, for my grandson, his treat. You know, he comes to watch soccer with my of husband. Uh, they play the Liverpool match. And it's the <laughs> highlight of, they watch the Liverpool match, I mean, and it's the highlight of my husband's week. Oh, of course. His grandson, Ari, arrives, and our min hug is, I make a mistake. <laughs> okay. So, you must make sure that you always have vacuum-packed steaks oh yeah don't use fresh steaks please people rotate your steaks so that if you're having if you've got a a, a steak sitting there for two weeks doesn't matter it's fine it's beautiful it's it aged a, it's aged may have a little smell but doesn't matter you wash it mm. and it's beautiful anyway so remember i only had 15 minutes because yes. it was half time oh wait yeah <laughs> so i cranked up the the frying pan and uh Really pre-cut the onions. I didn't need to watch the match. Yeah. Sliced up some onions really paper thin. And as it was half time, half time, Boba, okay. Run to the kitchen, put a bit of oil, fried the very high heat. I fried the yeah. steak. And thank God he likes it medium rare. Take the steak out and I put it on a plate and you cover it with tin foil. While it's been covered, while it's in tin foil, I take the thinly sliced onions. Yeah. And to that, I 
I fry them in the same pan that the steak oh, was what? in, mm. and I add three tablespoons of balsamic vinegar, two heaped teaspoons of sugar, uh, about like a couple of glugs of olive oil, and I fry the onions up. And by that time, okay, so he'll eat maybe in front of the TV to watch the next half, but his steak is perfect. You know, rested with the beautiful onions on top. Oh, I do grind quite a bit of pepper on the steak because okay. he is a salt and pepper guy. Okay. But the onions make the But difference. for me, steak with salt and pepper is the perfect steak. I, I, all these other fancy spices that people are trying, yes, the sauces are nice, but a proper cooked steak, nicely aged with yeah. salt and pepper. It's perfect. It's nice to marinate your steaks for a steak salad. Yes. But when as you say, you want to taste steak. your meat, have a sauce on the side. I have to admit, one of my favorite meals is steak with onions and eggs, like oh, a fried egg. Okay. I, I do like that. <laughs> so then, How's your diet going, talking actually, about steak? It's a little eggs. tough. <laughs> not, I won't admit, especially since I'm a big bread and, well, not a big bread fan, but I used to have bread toast almost every day. And cold drink. Yeah, that, okay. that was my weakness. I don't like the taste of water and stuff like that. And I don't like the taste of sweeteners. So I found they leave a bitter aftertaste in my mouth for some reason. But it's actually going well. It is hard. Um, it's not a cheap diet to have fruit every single day. It's the rum bum diet, right? Yes. Okay. Um, especially if you've got people in the house who are big, big fruit eaters. If you're going to just do little portions, it's actually quite a lot easier. But you also have to be careful if you're on your own and you buy an entire melon, you need to eat the melon every day, the same melon every day for the week. If there's like in my house, there's three of us, we can like have a different melon every day, but you're buying three melons in the week. Mm -hmm. So it, it takes a bit of getting used to um, no carbs at night or very low carb at night which is also, like I always feel guilty. I think it's, it's the indoctrination that we get that it's, a, you know, you've got to have your starch, you've got to have your mm. vegetable, you've got to have your protein at the main meal. And your poor husband has been working the whole day. He needs a decent, substantial meal. So my mother is going to get cross with me because last night's meal was rice. I think it used to be, I think my grand used to call it, my Oma used to call it hopple popple. But I'm not sure if it's, yeah, basically it means everything and you you stuck everything in. I'm sure there is an official recipe for it, but this was rice, eggs, sliced up uh, seagull sausages, which are outstanding, uh, chopped up tomatoes, chopped up uh, onion. I fried the onion and tomato first. Then I put in the slices of my sausage uh, I uh, beat up two eggs, I poured those in, I seasoned it, I stirred it round, I took the cooked rice, I added that in, I stirred that up, and that was supper, slop. <laughs> and everybody loved it. <laughs> Good. And it took me 10 minutes. Like the biggest half. I would um, imagine. That yeah, the biggest <laughs> issue was slicing stuff, literally. Um, and for those who are, ex- which I have done on holiday, is you can buy frozen chopped onion. In the oh, <laughs> naughty girl. <laughs> so, so for those who really are in a hurry and want to do it, it, it actually was a great one. But then I found, we were talking sauces just now, mm. and I found a recipe that asked for this sauce. I'm like, 
I've never heard of this sauce. I wonder if we can get it kosher. So I went to Google the recipe for the sauce, and the sauce only takes 15 minutes, which means the entire meal, including making your sauce, is going to take you less than 20 minutes. Okay. That, so that was Let's brilliant. So it's called a creamy tomato courgette. Now, courgette are zucchini noodles. <laughs> oh, the, the spiralized one. Okay. Yeah. So big. It's in fashion. It's still trending. Everybody's still buying them. So there you go. So this was literally uh, a half a small packet of basil. Okay, this only makes two for two people, which is where I'm at at the moment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> half, uh, half a small packet of basil, 350 grams of tomato and mascarpone sauce, which I'll share with you just now, 250 grams of courgette, which is the zucchini noodles. Now you're going to tear your basil. The original recipe did ask for meat. So obviously you can't, if you, if you can find a substitute for the mascarpone in your tomato and mascarpone sauce, you could actually do it with very thinly sliced pastrami or brisket, but very thinly sliced. You want the fat because you want to fry it up so that it's crisp. Um, you could probably use fish instead and keep the mascarpone if you eat your fish and cheese together or just get some vegetarian substitutes or leave it out altogether. So it's... You're going to tear your basil. If you are using meat, you're going to fry both of those over a medium heat dry. No oil in the pan because you've got the meat that has the fat. Um, if you're doing it without meat, do put a little bit of olive oil or grapeseed oil or avo oil or whatever oils you prefer. It doesn't matter. But don't use things that have got a like a strong taste like a peanut or a sesame oil because those will overpower the, the basil and they kind of clash. I've noticed, I've tried it, it clashes a bit. Um, and listen, literally one to two minutes if you're just doing the basil, two to three minutes if you're doing it with meat. Then you're going to put that aside on a plate and in the same pot, you're going to cook your um, sauce. So I've got the sauce recipe. You're going to put your sauce, you're going to add your zucchini noodles, you're going to cook those for like a minute or two. And then you're going to stick them on a plate and top with your basil. And it's a delicious recipe. So the mascarpone and tomato so pasta sauce. Now, I think you could probably use like a tangy mayonnaise. No, not a tangy mayonnaise. I would use a creamy mayonnaise here instead of mascarpone if you want to make it par of. Mm -hmm. Because unless you can find, which we can't get at the moment... We used to be able to get those uh, tofu tea um, cream cheeses, the yes, bar of cream yes, cheeses. So you can't, them. they don't bring them in anymore. It's too expensive, I think. The exchange rate would make it kind of ridiculous. Um, a tablespoon of olive oil, half a chopped onion, a clove of garlic, 80 ml of dry white wine or vermouth, but you can actually use chicken stock if you prefer. 500 grams of tomato paste, 125 grams or a half a cup of either mascarpone or a mayonnaise that isn't too overpowering. You don't want the vinegar, the very strong mm. tangy ones. You want a, a reasonable one. And then 25 grams of uh, vegetarian hard cheese. Salt and pepper to taste. And then if you're going to put it in pasta, you can just get whatever pasta you choose. But this sauce was like so 
so quick. It was literally, you chop up your um, onions and cook those over a low heat. You add your minced garlic. You deglaze the pan with the white wine or your chicken stock, whichever you want to use. You simmer it for five minutes until it's reduced. Then you add your tomato paste, your dried basil, and your salt, and you stir and then let it simmer for 10 minutes. You add in your mascarpone or your uh, mayonnaise, and you stir it again, and you just let it simmer very slowly until you're ready. And then you can stir in your hard cheese. You can bottle this. It usually lasts about a week in the fridge. Um, It probably lasts longer if you're using the mayonnaise as opposed to the mascarpone. Um, This recipe did confuse me because, first of all, they're asking for mascarpone and then vegetarian cheese. So I got very confused. (laughs) They were confused. And it was brilliant. So you're going to add that to your creamy tomato courgette. Or you could just add it to quick cooking pasta. That's up to you. Um, In my family, that's probably how it would be preferred. But they are putting up with my weird new attempts at cooking. (laughs) With all these fancy chefs you're meeting, you've got to try all the... the (laughs) Most of the chefs I'm meeting look at me like I've lost my mind. (laughs) And if I use uh, the wine... I I said something about margarine. He goes, we don't use that. (laughs) You know what? And it's the truth. Margarine was originally designed to feed animals. Yeah. You know, to fatten them up for turkeys and geese. That's what it was designed for. It wasn't really for humans. Boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you think that this this vegan butter that's just come it's out a much is much better is because it, that is designed okay, for so humans. It makes me feel a bit better that I'm it using is. that. Well, <laughs> the vegan stuff is designed for humans because the animals don't really care. <laughs> they don't get a choice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So well, now we're going to something healthy. Ah, okay. Okay, so we were sitting on Friday night chatting about fennel and how magnificent fennel is when it's really fresh and crisp. Okay. So I was told, okay, Shah, next Friday night we want fennel recipe. I said, but I've, I've got one in one of the book, my books. I've, I've got a fennel mm-hmm. thing for Pesach. I did one. Anyway, so here is a little bit of a variation on that one. It is a half a cucumber, half a, half, yeah, half a English cucumber, uh, a red apple. Mm-hmm. You can use green if you want, if you like things a little sour. sour yeah. um, and two bulbs of fennel. Okay, they say keep the, the leaves to use as decoration afterwards, but <laughs> exactly, <laughs> chopping that off. So, enough to check the, the fennel. Yeah. And one tablespoon of roasted pine nuts. So everybody okay. knows how to roast the pine nuts. Either you yeah. put them in the microwave, they actually crisp up quite nicely. Okay. At 30 second increments, just like Yes, you don't want to burn them. them yeah. And then all you do is you, you finely slice a cucumber and you drain that in the colander for about oh, 15 minutes, what, just while you slice the fennel and the apples. And you put them all, scatter them on a platter with some lovely uh, greenery, as I call it, underneath. And then you mix a salad dressing, which is as follows. A quarter of a cup of olive oil, two tablespoons white wine vinegar, one teaspoon, <coughs> excuse me, dried dill, one teaspoon dried paprika, half a teaspoon white sugar, just to take the little edge off, mm-hmm. vinegar, and salt and pepper to taste. 
and you shake that all up in your jar and just before serving you can just put, put it, it on nice. and it's actually quite delicious that sounds <laughs> nice i do it's like fennel and fresh i like what i like about fennel is it's it's got that anise taste, taste mm-hmm. but it's not as overpowering Power, as like either anise or like even licorice. It's not as strong. It's just yes. that subtle flavor, which yeah. I really like. So I've also got a healthy recipe that takes exactly 15 minutes. Um, yeah. Once you've cooked the beetroot, it takes 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and that beetroot can take about three hours So I only cook. need two <laughs> beetroots to cook and you're going to boil them. So if you okay. can get tinned beetroot, not, not the bottled ones because the bottled ones are all pickled. But the cans, you can often get cans of cooked beetroot. I see them pop up every now and again. It's not popular here in South Africa. But I do know that overseas, a lot of people, a lot of the chefs use the canned beetroot because it's already cooked. So this one uses about four or five cups of spinach. Or you can mix something like rocket, romaine and butter lettuce together. So you can do either lettuce or you can do the baby spinach, which I love. One, one and a half large carrots or two carrots cut into strips or julienne. Uh, if you can do that, you can always buy it if you really want to buy it all cut up for you. Um, about three quarters of a cup of uncooked quinoa. And I like to use the mixed one, the red and the, 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 red and the white together. Mm. It just gives it more color and just it's it's nice more fun. Uh, a third of a cup of mixed seeds and crunchy nuts all chopped up. Three quarters of a cup of feta or similar salad cheese cubes. Something like um, halloumi cheese. Or if you want to keep it non-dairy, you can use fried tofu instead of the cheese. It has that same texture. And, you know, if you fry your tofu properly, so you dry it and then you fry it in really, really hot oil so it's crisp on all sides, it's delicious. Um, your dressing is two and a half teaspoon, tablespoons sorry, of apple cider vinegar, one and a quarter teaspoons of Dijon mustard, uh, three teaspoons of, tablespoons of very liquidy honey. So we all, here in South Africa, it's more popular anyway to use the squeeze bottles. Um, five tablespoons of a good quality olive oil, a drizzle of freshly squeezed lemon juice, some salt and black pepper to taste. You're gonna place all the dressing ingredients in a small bowl or a jar. You shake and stir like crazy or beat it up, however you wanna do it. And they do say that for the best flavor, let it chill in the fridge for 30 minutes to an hour. So if you're cooking your beetroot yourself, then I would suggest while the beetroot's cooking, make the salad dressing and stick it in the fridge. Cook the quinoa according to the package instructions. That's usually about 15 minutes as well um, and then you're going to assemble the salad in a large bowl mix in the leaves whether you're using spinach or lettuce half the salad dressing some carrot strips into the bowl combine them neatly um, for those who aren't uh, who don't mind getting their hand dirty the best way to combine gently is by sticking your hands in the bowl and just tossing with your hands uh, I know a lot of people don't like to stick their fingers in in food but wearing gloves is fine too. Um, arrange the other ingredients on a serving platter. Add your beetroots and a pinch of salt to the beetroot just before you serve. Crumble your feta cheese or put them in cubes. 
along with the cubed feta. I mean, tofu if you're doing it vegan and your seeds are nuts and then squeeze your citrus juice or your lemon juice over and it's a delicious flavor. Please remember to peel your uh, beetroots when you finish cooking them. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Welcome back. It's Adrian and Sharon and we're talking about quick little tips to keep you out of your kitchen for too long and enjoy your family time um, and not to have to try and cook while it's raining or while there's no electricity. So I have another um, 15 minute recipe. Once again, this feeds two, but it is easily, you can easily double it. It is a vegan recipe and it is delicious. It's an Indian chickpea with poached eggs. So I know a lot of people don't like poaching eggs, but you can always do it with a fried egg. To me, it's a trick to learning how to poach eggs um, because you've got to be careful that your water is not boiling too much. Otherwise, the eggs get these little stringy bits to it. Um, I love poaching eggs because to me, it's a healthy version of a fried egg. It's as simple as that. So you're going to use one tablespoon of like a vegetable oil, rapeseed, grapeseed, you know, any kind of oil that has no flavor, two cloves of garlic chopped. Um, for those who don't want to chop and don't have one of those garlic press mincers, I've said it before, all you do is you take your piece of garlic, you cut the hard part at the bottom off and obviously peel it. And then you just grate it along the very fine side of your box grater and you've got uh, minced garlic, very easy. One yellow peep, uh, pepper, de-seeded and diced. A half to one red chili, de-seeded and chopped. Remember the heat of the chili is in the seeds so that's an important thing half a bunch of spring onions about five of them you're going to keep the tops separately and you're going to slice your whites but you're going to slice both just just keep them separately one teaspoon of cumin plus a little extra to serve um, if you want one teaspoon of coriander half a teaspoon of turmeric three tomatoes cut into wedges a third packet, a third of a packet of coriander chopped. I would say that, you know, the little boxes that you buy at Pick and Pay, that re- a small one is about a third of a box. Um, they're talking big boxes. 400 grams of chickpeas in water, drained, but keep the liquid. And a half a teaspoon of uh, um, soup powder. Sorry, went blank for a second. You know, like a chicken stock or a... Even a beef one would go well. And then four large eggs. So you're going to heat your oil in a non-stick pan. And you're going to add your garlic, your pepper, your chili, and the whites from the spring onion. And you're going to fry those for about five minutes over a medium to high heat. And then in a large pan, while that's cooking, you're going to bring some water to boil. You're going to add your spices to the frying pan along with the tomatoes and most of the coriander and the chickpeas and then you're going to saute those for about two minutes stir in your stock powder so we're not we're not actually using liquid stock we act, we want the dry stock stirred in and then we're going to use the chickpea liquid to moisten everything so you just you're going to gauge there's no exact amount when everything is like stop sticking together then that's the right one once the water is at a ro- uh, in the other pot is at a boil, 
just before it begins like actually boiling like you would be hot enough to make tea so it must be like a roiling boil so you want it just bubbling over you're going to crack your eggs in well in your glass you're going to pour them in and poach them exactly two minutes remove with a slotted spoon and just put on a plate to uh, on the side you're going to spring the stir in the spring onion tops into the chickpeas and then very lightly crush a few of the chickpeas with a fork or your potato masher and spoon that chickpea mixture onto a plate scatter with the reserved coriander and top with your eggs and you can if you want serve with an extra sprinkle of cumin i don't know about you but i love the flavors and the the smells of Indian food, the, the yeah. cumin, the coriander, the, the all of like the coriander spice. So for those who don't like coriander leaves, who think they taste like soap, um, certain people in my family <laughs> um, can use the, the ground coriander peppers, uh, seeds, just give it a, just, I don't know, they just give it a different dimension. Just I love is. coriander. Yeah, so I you're do talking too. to the wrong person. I also do. But my son hates it. If he yeah. walks in the kitchen and he smells it, he goes, Ma, don't give me that for supper, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have that. No, mine will eat it. So I never knew that he, he didn't like it. Okay. And then one day we were just happened to be talking. He goes, yes, it does taste like soap. I'm like, well, why didn't you say anything? He goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, good son. <laughs> Listen, Doesn't he eats. Complain. Thank God. Thank God him and his father, you can pretty much put anything in front of them and they will eat it. Almost. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? People, some people have an aversion to carrots. Yeah. So I'm trying to get a particular member in the, of our family to eat carrots. So I found a beautiful roast carrot salad oh. recipe. So I thought, okay, let me try it. And it it's actually good. In fact, I was reading because this has got peanuts in it. Yeah. Now, you're the nurse, you know, okay. Um, peanuts. Yes. They tell me that peanuts aren't nuts, but rather legumes yes. related to beans and lentils. Yes. So all those people that think that they're, they're allergic to peanuts are actually allergic to beans, lentils, so peas. So it is a slightly different type. Um, so they'll often ask, well, ground nuts or tree nuts? is the allergy so when you uh. see on a packet with the allergens and it says ground nuts or it says tree nuts uh-huh. then you know the difference so if it's ground nuts it will have been peanuts that have grown literally on the ground and right. if it's tree nuts it's your almonds and your cashews and everything that are grown okay. in the trees so there is a yeah, difference and um i'm trying to remember the chef that i heard he says what something about using peanuts peanut oil to cook everything he says these people that are say they're allergic to peanuts don't know what they're talking about they're useless and they're weak it was so <laughs> funny it was a very it okay. was more of a skit than anything else it wasn't like a serious cooking channel right. um and it was just so there are different aller- allergies so you will find some people who can eat peanuts but can't eat like almonds or cashews or anything like that. Right. And then there's others who are the other way around. Uh-huh. But just to stay safe, no Avoid. nuts. Avoid. Okay. It's well, just safe. This one's got nuts, so we're not being safe. Okay. <laughs> I love nuts. So we take 250 grams of uh, carrots, peeled, and using your peeler, just shred and oh, peel yeah. in those beautiful carrots into ribbons. Juice of one lemon. Two tablespoons of olive oil, two tablespoons of honey, salt and pepper to taste, 
one cup of chopped mixed salad greens, two rounds of feta cheese if you want to make it milkig, um, and three tablespoons of chopped peanuts. So you preheat your oven, you toss the carrots in the lemon juice and the olive oil and the honey, salt and pepper, and you place the carrots onto a baking tray and bake until just cooked and glossy. Just sort of keep turning them. You don't want them too soft because then they're going to break up. You still want that lovely ribbon effect when you eat them. And you combine the carrots with salad leaves and feta if you want the feta in a bowl and you scatter it with the peanuts on top. And Ooh, it just yum. It was absolutely delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing. Carrots are, so when the kids were small, what I used to do is on the fine side of my grater, yes. I would grate carrots into my mince. Ah, yes. <laughs> so that they that. didn't see it. I still do that. It just, I blend my carrots and I throw it in. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that and the baby marrows. I used to do yeah. those into my, into my mince to get kids to eat vegetables. Yeah. And they don't, by the way, when you roast them, they don't lose their beta carotene. No, they, they're one of the few vegetables that, you know, you but roast. roasting a vegetable is always going to keep it, keep those minerals in. It's why when we tell you we've got to boil the vegetable, you might as well drink the liquid from it. It's healthier. Chalashin for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. Wait, wait, do yours. Okay, so we're ending the show with dessert because what's better than ending your meal with your dessert? <laughs> Just something so quick, as quick and simple because cherries are in season now. Yes. So this is a red fruit salad. So what it is, you, if you've got the time, yeah. <laughs> you can deep up the cherries for everybody. Cut up watermelon, cut up strawberries, red grapes. Can you think of anything other red? Oh, red Apples, maybe. Maybe. Throwing um, in a bit of white there. Some plums. Some plums, exactly. Oh, nice. Beautiful red plums. Plums, anything red. Strawberries. Yeah, we did that. And and oh. uh, we just um, cover it with um, some mint, lovely oh, mint. Chopped yum. up finely so it doesn't you know, yeah, irritate the gums. Yeah. And then uh, on top of the, just before you're going to serve it, have some chopped, crumbled peanut brittle ready throw it over the top oh delicious oh that, that actually sounds so, really really good so easy yeah no so for, for me like i stick to my i'm very boring i <laughs> stick to my standard uh, um, sorbets and my plain ice cream base that i use all the time so i got um a couple of years ago i bought myself that something really really um it's not a gadget it's a piece of equipment that changed my life so yeah. I know a lot of people don't like it. It's a Thermomix. They use yes. it in MasterChef Australia all the time because you can cook and everything with it. So for me, the sorbet is the easiest because all you do is you take whatever fruit you like. Now you can buy it frozen in a packet or you can choose your fruits and you slice them and you put them on a tray, freeze them in your, in your just freeze them on a, like in a level. You're going to take 500 grams of frozen fruit, pop it in the Thermomix. Um, I use about three to four tablespoons of sugar a drop of lemon juice and you blend it together and it's instant sorbet and, and if you stunning. haven't got a thermomix then your blender would your work blender. fine if it's strong enough to do the frozen fruit sometimes right. like for me i've done it with actual ice cubes because i didn't have frozen f fruit 
that one you've got to serve immediately. The other one you can freeze because with the frozen, with the ice cubes, it leaves that water, that frozen mm. pieces really yuck. But my plain vanilla ice cream, it's the one we all know. It's a bottle of Orly Whip. It's a half a cup of sugar. It's a, tea, a teaspoon of vanilla essence. And I can't remember how many eggs I use. Do you ever do the, 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 the warm uh, ice cream? Oh, yes, with the anglaise. Yeah. I've done it once. It's a lot of work. But, boy, is the ice cream nice. It's got that smooth consistency. Um, I had somebody at my house. He came to use the ice cream maker, forgetting that it wasn't industrial. It was home, and it didn't work out quite as well as we hoped. But yes, so we hope you guys all enjoyed our 15 minutes meals, 30 minute meals, things that don't take too much time. Some do need a little bit of pre-thought, you know, cooking beforehand to make them a quick meal, but easy to use leftovers as well. Enjoy the week, stay dry, stay safe, and let's keep davening for Israel and freeing of the um, slaves, um, the hostages. They are slaves.